Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Today could be another noteworthy day in Pennsylvania's ongoing state budget impasse. The State House and Senate, both with Republican majorities, may approve a new $30 billion spending plan in an attempt to end the eight-month-old stalemate with Governor Tom Wolf. The Republican proposal would increase spending to education by $200 million, half of what Governor Wolf has asked for. It also would not raise taxes, but the proposal doesn't deal with a structural deficit facing the state. We're going to hear from both sides in this ongoing dispute on today's program. But joining us right up front is Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. Governor Wolf, welcome to the program. Thanks, Scott. Good to be here. We're going to talk mostly about the budget today, but I have really? to ask. Yes, I know. It's hard to believe. But I have to ask you about your health. Uh, since you were here the last time, uh, you announced publicly that uh, you're being treated for prostate cancer, and I just wanted to see uh, how you feel. I feel great. And uh, by the way, I announced it because I wanted to be open and make sure that there, you know, no question uh, about what I was going through, but also to say I got it really early, and, and the prognosis is outstanding. I, this is a slow-moving cancer. I got it early. Um, and the third thing was I wanted to make sure that, that I was setting an example to say, you know, every all you guys out there, get get checkups and make sure you uh, uh, get this early. Well, we had a program on it focusing on prostate cancer right afterwards, and I, it's one of those things that people talk about it. Uh, so that announcement <clears throat> uh, probably did uh, what you wanted. Has it limited you in any way? Not at all. No? No. Did you feel any symptoms? No. And that's one of the things about prostate cancer is often you don't feel symptoms. It, it depends. Yeah, sometimes you, you do, sometimes you know. I didn't, and and uh, but but it was part of a normal uh, blood test, part of my normal uh, annual medical checkup, and and uh, uh, you know you check off the PSA and and uh, uh, you keep watching that, and and if it gets to a point you have some concerns, you do a biopsy. If the biopsy comes back with some bad results, then you do something about it. That's where I was. How are you being treated? I'm going to have uh, seeds, uh, radioactive seeds implanted. Mm -hmm. This had to be a surprise, not only to you, but uh, your wife as well. Well, my PSA has been moving up uh, the older I, I get. And uh, so it, it was a surprise that, you know, as I guess it is for everybody when you finally get it. I'm 67 years old, and this happens to a lot of us. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good opportunity to tell everyone out there. Uh, get a checkup. Get a checkup, uh, even <laughs> right. if there are no symptoms. So That's right. let's move on to something else that uh, has caused some pain in uh, – uh, the, the part of the body that uh, the prostate is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Republicans uh, yeah. plan to pass a, a $30 billion budget that uh, doesn't include a tax increase, as I said in the introduction, uh, but it would fully fund <clears throat> schools and other programs that were part of the budget that uh, you do did blue line in December. You've already said that you don't like it, but would you sign it? Well, I don't like it, uh, again, and I, there are two things to, to the budget. Uh, discussion and and I I know you're going to be talking to Senator Corman later, and and we've had good conversations about this. We are a divided government, and and so we're going to have different priorities, and I understand that, and we have to negotiate, which is why we had the compromise that we did back in December of 2015. Uh, but the thing that that we can't compromise on that I don't understand how you compromise, and that is the the balance. The budget actually has to balance. The math has to work. And in the, the budgets, except for the one we agreed to in December, uh, they really haven't balanced 
uh, and uh, this one again, the math, there, there's there are problems, and so we we can you know argue about that. Um, uh, but I see real problems in this budget that that they're putting together right now for fifteen sixteen. That's long overdue. But the big issue is when we get to July of this year, 2016, the fiscal year that starts July 1st, 2016, to June 30th, 2017, there is a huge hole in that. And and no one, no one has come up with a way of, of really plugging that on the other side. And so all the different thoughts and suggestions about that, uh, really, I haven't heard, I've yet to hear uh, how we're going to uh, how the other side decide, figures they're going to plug that hole. I have my way. I have made my uh, proposition, which is uh, if you're making $50,000 a year, it's about a $3.17 a week uh, increase in taxes. Uh, but it means we're not going to shift uh, the burden for education and human services to the local level. We're not going to create the need for uh, increases in local property taxes. We're not going to create uh, the, the need to cut services in those areas. Our guest during this portion of the program is Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. If you have a question or a comment, give us a call 1-800-729-7532 or send an email to smarttalk at WITF.org. Senate Majority Leader Jake Corman will be coming up a little bit later in the program. That structural deficit that you're talking about, and you said uh, you called it a huge hole. How big are you estimating? I'm estimating it's $2.2 billion, but um, there are different numbers out there. I know that, that some... Republicans have said it's as high as 2.5 billion. I think the Independent Fiscal Office says it's about 1.8 billion, and they, based on certain assumptions, so it's a big number. It's around two billion dollars, and and that is a huge uh, gap. And and the in the past you could do something about that with you know kicking the can down the road. You could pay some bills late. You could do some uh, rating some cookie jars here and there. The funds that that have lapsed. Uh, uh, but we're basically running out of money. Our, our rainy day fund, which is our savings account, the state has a you know a, a little savings account. Back in two thousand seven and eight, when I was secretary of revenue, I think it was you know up in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I think it has sixty thousand dollars in it right now, so virtually nothing. Uh, the uh, uh, the the cash balance for the state right now is is moving towards zero. Uh, and we'll be there by our calculation in June. It depends on the receipts are coming in now in, in March, and April will be another big month, uh, May and June, not, not so much. So uh, it depends what happens there. But right now, with what we think is going to be coming in in March and April, we'll be out of money, if nothing else happens, by June. All right. So we are in March, and we're three months away from uh, the, the end of June. Uh, why not deal with it then? I mean, we need a budget now because there are agencies, there are schools, there are organizations across the state that are not being funded. Earlier this week, I talked to several agriculture-related agencies, Penn State Extension. Why not do it now, say, okay, we know that there's a structural deficit, but let's pass this budget so we have a budget so that there's full funding and we deal with that structural deficit, whatever it is. In June, with the next budget. Yeah, if if I, I mean that that's the the frustrating thing for for me in in terms of of, I mean I am there is no better champion of public education than I or the human services or the ag extension service. I was an agriculture extension worker in the Peace Corps. Uh, I get it, and uh, what I'm trying to do is put the funding for those really important services on a sound 
uh, basis, not just something that, that, okay, here's some money for the next couple months, but something that's, so I've been fighting that now for nine months. Uh, and uh, it, it it is a, a real problem to say, I really support you, and, and yet it looks like, you know, the, the state can't get its act together, governor and legislature, to uh, allow some, some money to go through. Uh, I think in this fifteen sixteen budget, we could probably get some some money out to to these organizations, but uh, that still leaves the the question: you know, what are we going to do about sixteen seventeen? And I think it would be a good question to ask the senator when mm-hmm. when he's on. But I, I want to step back for just a moment. You say you think we can get some money out to these organizations? You're talking about uh, some of the money that you blue lined back in December. Uh, but again, and I'll go back to my, my previous question, why not just pass what has been – what the Republicans are looking to, to pass in the House and Senate today or tomorrow and say, okay, we have a structural deficit. We have to deal with it before uh, June 30th. Yeah, what's the uh... – What's the guarantee that they're going to come back and say, yeah, sure, that's fine. We'll come back and, and deal with it then. We've gone for many years. And i got to say it's a bipartisan thing, and this structural deficit has built up over many, many years. Uh, but we haven't addressed the issue. I thought the time to address it was last year with the fifteen sixteen budget and get past that so that we were ready for sixteen <clears throat> seventeen. That didn't happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Now, one of the problems, again, even in the fifteen sixteen budget that they're presenting to me, the fact that the math doesn't work uh, is is a problem. How are we going to pay for this? We don't have money. Let's take a phone call from Jim in Enola. Jim, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, uh, Governor. Uh, I, I have a question. Uh, obviously, uh, you have your position, and, and frankly, I, I support many of your positions. And the Republican legislators have their positions. And it just seems like there's been no movement in months. And what I'm wondering is, what are you personally doing to try to get some movement, to try to get some resolution to this? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, I that, That's a great question. I'm uh, doing what I think uh, a, a governor in a democratic system should do, and that is uh, continue conversations, but also try to convince and persuade Um I think we all need to be persuaded. Again, I, 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 as I said to Scott earlier, I'm trying to persuade people that my priorities make sense, that we ought to invest in education, we ought to invest in human services and uh, ag extension and higher education, that kind of thing. But I'm also trying to persuade the people of Pennsylvania that we can't keep getting something for nothing, that we actually have to have a budget that, that balances. That's in the Constitution, and we can't play games. And again, this is not just me talking. The, the outside ratings agencies say you don't have your fiscal house is a mess. We've been downgraded five times in the last five years, and and it looks like we're going to get downgraded again because of the the, the shenanigans that are that, that we're, we're playing with math here. So what I'm trying to do is is persuade uh, the legislature, persuade the the people of Pennsylvania that. You know, we can't just sort of uh, blithely pass something that doesn't balance, where the math doesn't add up. And and if we do that, uh, you know, we're 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 not only violating the Constitution, we're violating the laws of nature. We can't. We don't have the money. And so I I, I would love to do a lot of things. I'm sure the the folks on the other side of the aisle would love to do a lot of things, but we're all unfortunately constrained. By by what we have in the in the bank, and right now we don't have much of anything in the bank. And if we don't solve the problem right now, 
we're going to have a real mess come July 1st because the 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 problem is is we not only don't have any money but we have without adding one penny to the budget next year we're going to have a huge deficit that's the deficit that I'm talking about that's close to 2 billion dollars what happens if we don't have a 2015-16 budget by July 1st I don't know what the the, the the I mean that would be a, a disaster for so many organizations. It would be a, a, a problem. I that's why all of us, um, including the senator, were, were working for a compromise budget back in in December, uh, and uh, I thought we had one uh, that actually balanced, and that 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 made uh, fundamental reforms in our pension system, it made made uh, historic uh, increases in investment in education. Uh, it made historic uh, reforms to our liquor system. Um, th- those are the things that that, that we, we got to because we had a balanced budget. Uh, you know that was th- those were the ideological and policy priorities. But overarching the whole thing was that we had actually made the math work. Right now, um, and I understand again the the debates over over policies, but. The, the math has to work, and it's not working it's from what I've seen so far in the, the budget, the, 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 most, the latest iteration. Uh, but even if, if you could make that, that look like it works, you're really in, in trouble in 2016-17. And, and I'm not sure how we get assurances, how we assure ourselves that come July 1st, we're going we're gonna to have uh, 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 in place a, a budget that actually does make the outside ratings agencies happy. Have you thought about that possibility of not having fifteen sixteen done by July first? Yeah, that's a that's a, a terrible terrible nightmare. Describe that nightmare. Well, the nightmare is that that, that uh, schools start running out of money. Uh, that uh, Penn State and the Agriculture Extension Service uh, starts having to, to make serious cuts cutbacks. The question is, though, uh, th- this is not something that says, okay, we need to figure this out right now between now and July 1st if if we don't figure this out now come July 1st that's going to happen anyway because there's going to be a billion dollars of cuts to education there's going to be 600 million dollars of cuts to human services and that's going to hit school districts all over Pennsylvania maybe not all of them maybe not the wealthier ones but most of the school districts are going to be hit and that means a combination of things will happen property taxes will go up which is the worst tax in the world, and and uh, uh, education funding in many many of our most vulnerable rural and suburban and urban areas will be cut. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Our guest during this portion of the program is Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. Senate Majority Leader Jake Corman will be coming up a little bit later in the program. If you have a question or a comment for Governor Wolf, give us a call 1-800-729-7532 or send an email to smarttalk at org. Governor, you just said that um, you talked about the worst case scenario, and you also spoke about this earlier in the week to county officials that... We could be looking at huge property tax increases on the local level, both counties, school districts, if we don't get something done. But what has happened over the past nine months is many of these school districts, I don't know about counties, but many of these school districts and other agencies out there that are owed state money have had to borrow. School districts have borrowed tens of millions of dollars across the state, and they're going to have to pay that back. So if even if we got it done today, aren't there districts out there that may have to raise property taxes just to pay back the loans that they've taken out? Yeah, I think I, the, I'm not not sure about that. Every 
school district in every municipality and every county is in different financial shape. Uh, but I, I think at the at best, the the budget uncertainty has has led to to uncertain financial uncertainty at the local levels, and and they're looking at at their options now. The the compromise we had back in December actually had about ten million dollars, as I recall, in it to uh, reimburse local governments for those interest payments, um, but. Uh, that is a, an advanced indicator, a warning of what's coming if we don't get this this done. And and by the way, you know the downgrades we've had at the state level. That means the state is paying more for its debt. Uh, if we were a AAA rated state, we'd be paying 83 basis points less on the new debt that we have now. We have some old debt, but as that rolls off and the new debt rolls on it, an 83 basis point premium, we're paying 83 basis points more than we'd pay if we had a triple A rated uh, rating from the, the ratings agencies if we had our fin- financial house in order with 17 billion dollars of borrowed money that's 139 million dollars a year extra that we pay because we don't have our financial house in order and that that also is going to cost uh, taxpayers one way or another uh, money either because we're not funding education at 139 million dollars isn't going into roads and bridges or it's not going into to human services and so it shifts to the local level and that that ends up in higher taxes or higher taxes at the state level have you had local districts local uh, you know county municipalities have said to you governor we understand where you're coming from we agree with what you're trying to do but we need this now and we are going to have to raise property taxes if we don't get something oh, done. Oh, yeah. No, no, I think, uh, and and the, the, the practical problem is just that, that right now people need money. I, I think it, it's it's a, uh, a, a tough thing to, to look at that and say, okay, here's someone who actually supports what we're doing, who, me, Tom Wolf, wants to actually make the, the money available, but, but wants to do it in some ways other than smoke and mirrors to actually... Make sure you have real money, and it's not just for a few months, but it's for the long term. That's what I want, and and uh, to be the person who has to say, yeah, let's let's stand on, uh, you know, stand up for that, so that you know, three or four months down the road, we're not coming back and saying, okay, now what do I do? I don't have any, I don't have any money. Let's figure this out right now. Let's address the problem and 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 get it behind us. Uh, the tone of this debate is different. Uh, I mean, it hasn't reached Washington uh, <laughs> level just yet. But uh, uh, when you made your budget address in February, uh, Republicans were not happy. They said they felt like you were lecturing them, not really talking about a uh, proposing a budget. That uh, you, they said that you felt that they felt they were being lectured. Uh, earlier this week, we produced a program uh, on agricultural services where I had someone from House Republicans uh, say, "We have no budget impasse." We have a governor who's being obstinate. I guess the uh, it's it's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, we we are both fighting, uh, and there's no question about it, there's a conflict. I think uh, that what I'm trying to do is stand on on principle and say uh, we either do have the money, the budget either does balance or it doesn't. It, it's, that's not something. Well, I think there's a shade of of gray here. It's this is. This is either it does or it doesn't, and the math suggests that it doesn't. Uh, you can play some games with the 15, 16 budget and maybe say you know, it comes close, but it doesn't balance. And when you get to 16, 17, it really doesn't balance. Even, I mean, everybody says that. So I, I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, um, this is a difference of opinion. It's, it's, I mean, it's not a difference of opinion. It's, it's really, I'm saying 
I'm, 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 I'm saying this is the emperor's clothes. The emperor has no clothes here. And, and I know it's an inconvenient thing to say, and I'm sorry that I'm the, 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 the messenger here, but uh, that's all I am. I'm the messenger. And, and you can yell and, and whine and do anything you want, complain and blame me if you want, but it's not my fault that two plus two equals four. No, but you, I mean, you have taken on a tone that has an edge to it. Well, I, I, the, the, I don't think, I, in my budget address, for example, I didn't say anything that the ratings agencies haven't said. I didn't say anything that, that the independent fiscal office hasn't said. We have a big problem in sixteen seventeen, and before we can address how we're going to spend the money, we actually have to figure out how we're going to get the money. And. And I'll, I'm going to end it after this because I want to move on to some other topics in a few minutes we go. But there has been criticism of you by Republicans that you're still in campaign mode. Uh, I've heard actually heard this from at least two Democrats who said that, uh, you know, the governor and they, they, what they do is they attribute it to inexperience your first year on the job. will say the governor has to stop campaigning and governing. This is from two Democrats now. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I'm not sure what, what they mean by campaigning, but I think the job of a governor in a, demo, in a democracy is to spend time listening to, to the, in this case, my, uh, the people I work for, the citizens of Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, I also need to, to go out. I mean, not, I'm not a blank slate. I'm not someone who just absorbs uh, ideas. I engage in conversations. Uh, so I am meeting with with the, the people of Pennsylvania. I am going around to all parts of the state to talk about what I see as the the key issues. I am talking about what I've talked about since I became governor: schools and education. I'm talking about making government work better. I'm talking about creating an economy that that, that actually, at least, doing what the state can do to make sure our economy is dynamic and and strong. So yeah, I am going around talking. It, I, I, that's not campaigning. That's that's actually doing my job. I think what they're talking about is how critical you have been of uh, some Republican leadership for not, uh, for one thing, the the November framework budget, and um, you know how upset calling garbage and you know different things like that. I no, think no, no, was, not the. Fr- uh, the okay, fr- I know you weren't calling that garbage. The framework but I knew, wasn't. But no. you used that terminology uh, to describe a budget of what Republicans had sent to you. Uh, well, it wasn't a good budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe there's a better word, but garbage was a pretty good word for it. So what happens next on the budget? Well, you, the, uh, we have some, some work to do. We need to get a, a budget in Pennsylvania. Mm. We need to get one that works. Let me uh, take a few phone calls here on budget and then want to switch on to some other topics. Uh, Laura is in Palmyra. Laura, you're on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, um, this may be a naive question, I, I, uh, politically naive, but I was wondering if there's anything we can do now to some type of resolution, some type of rule, that the General Assembly does not get paid until we get a budget. <laughs> anything would you, you inc- would you include the governor in on that, too? But sure, yeah. What yeah. the heck? <laughs> Although I know that the governor's not taking his paycheck. Yeah, but well, thank, thank you very much no, for your call. Laura. Actually, that's not a naive question at all, Laura. Thank you. Uh, and and as Scott pointed out, I I I have to. I think from by statute, I have to take my pay, but I give it 100 percent of it, all of it, uh, the gross pay, all of it, to uh, to charity, to the United United Ways around Pennsylvania. Why don't you just give it back to the state? Um, the, Can you do that? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I, I, I'm giving it to the United Ways through the state employee combined appeal. Okay. So it's it's through a state uh, uh, agency, um, and, and I pay my own expenses. I actually, drive my Jeep when I can. So so I'm trying to save save money. 
I I'm not sure that 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 would would accomplish uh, what you're trying to to accomplish, Laura. Uh, the 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 goal is to get a good budget, uh, and and I'm not sure that you know a, a, a sort of a, a corollary of that is people say let's you know just lock all of you in a, in a room uh, and uh, you know until the budget happens you you can't come out. Um, I think we want a, a good budget. I think the process is is in place for us to to have the, the broad conversation, and that's what I'm I'm trying to have. And and I think everybody ought to be part of that. And and I think the the, the members ought to be here, uh, and that it has lasted so long is is because I think we have some really big issues. And I'm trying to change some habits that have lasted for many many years. And um, it may be that. Most Pennsylvanians don't want to change those bad habits. I think most of them do, and, and I think it's incumbent on me uh, and everybody who you know believes as I do that we ought to have a balanced budget, it's constitutionally uh, mandated, uh, that we ought to be talking about this and making sure that this debate is as public uh, and it takes as long as it needs to take until we come up with the, the right answer, which is a balanced budget. One legislator, there may be others, but I read about one legislator who suggested mediation for uh, to solve this and there's no precedent as far as I know in Pennsylvania maybe some other states but what would you think about that well again the mediation is something that you'd bring in if there's a difference of opinion and and we've worked through those differences of opinion and I think well, I understand that not everyone shares my priorities and I'm fine with that and I have compromised and the other side has compromised where the the mediation I'm not sure how it applies is on the math you know, how do you mediate two plus two equals four? If somebody says, well, let's say it's four and a half, and you can say it's three and a half, and we'll, well, no, it's four. I mean, whatever you do, it's four. So I'm not sure how, I, I appreciate that that suggestion, and, and, and I think people are looking for, as, as Laura is, for, for ways to, to get this done. But, but in the end, we actually have to come up with the math with the right answer. Governor, we only have a few minutes left. Um... Pennsylvania Supreme Court Justice Michael Aiken resigned yesterday. You will name a replacement for uh, the justice. What kind of judge will be looking for? Well, the, uh, I can name the the uh, make my suggestion, but it has to be confirmed by the Senate. So it'll be one who who can be confirmed, uh, and uh, so I will work with with the Senate to to make sure we get the the uh, uh, a confirmable candidate, but someone who <clears throat> I think shares the. The uh, uh, openness, uh, the integrity, has the integrity that, that I think we all think, we all know, that, that our members of our judiciary need to have a uh, judicial temperament, someone who has uh, uh, shown proficiency in, in the law. Uh, that's what I'll be looking for, and I'm sure that's what the members of the Senate will be looking for, too. When you say working with the Senate... What do you mean by that uh, specifically? Well, they they have to confirm. Right, uh, we know I, that. I, I yeah, get to, to but name. I mean, with the nominee, would you talk to uh, different senators, members of the other party? Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. And yeah, you know, I think that's that 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 has to be done. You, you have to to you know develop as, as good a working relationship. Understanding that we have different partisan uh, labels, uh, I think in, in the end we all want what's right for Pennsylvania. Since the death of uh, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, his replacement, uh, or whether actually a replacement is named, has been polarized. In fact, President Obama will name his nominee today. Uh, Republicans want him to wait until after the election. From just what you're describing here, it doesn't sound like you anticipate that kind of polarization here in Pennsylvania. I, 
I don't think we have that here. I, there's real dysfunction in Washington, but I think, uh, again, there are clear <laughs> differences of opinion and disagreements uh, at, in Harrisburg, but I, I don't think it has risen to the level of, of dysfunction that, that you see in, in Washington, and I don't think uh, either side wants that. I don't think Republicans or Democrats want, want that dysfunction. We want to disagree. We want to have open debate. We want to have dialogue uh, and argue freely. But but I think in the end of the day, we understand we have to govern. Earlier this week, I guess it was last week, a uh, member of your administration, we offered uh, him, like we do all guests, a bottle of water. And he said he wouldn't take it because uh, of the gift ban uh, that your administration has. And they said, okay, it's a bottle of water. Uh, what I'm getting at is that you are proposing expanding gift bans to the legislature. What are you talking about? Well, by the way, I have a bottle. Of I know. Water I, I noticed that afterwards, but uh, I thought that but was. I'm, little... I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> well, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Thank you for offering it. No, I but think... that's a good employee. I mean, that's an employee who yeah, took well, that. The... I, listen, I, the, I am trying to to do what I can do to make government worthy of the trust uh, that it has to have to succeed in a democratic system. We, we, we live uh, on the trust uh, that, that we develop with, with the citizens of, in this case, Pennsylvania. If, we don't, if they don't trust us, uh, our democracy is not going to work. And so we need to, to make sure we're doing everything we can to, to uh, deserve that trust. And, and I, what I try to do, I'm trying to do with, with my gift ban and and with uh, uh, campaign finance reform, with limits on lobbying and outside uh, uh, board uh, membership, um, and you know, eliminate things like pay for play, those kinds of things. I think are, are uh, that that I, I will propose, uh, and that I've done within my own administration, are aimed at doing that, trying to to get people to say, okay, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I I know you're trying to do the right thing, and, and I trust you. Uh, final question on a, a, another issue. Um, you issued an executive order raising minimum wage for about uh, 450 workers, 425, 450 workers under your jurisdiction. You want lawmakers to do the same statewide, raise the minimum wage to 10, 15 an hour. Uh, but you were criticized for the money not being there. I read somewhere, and you tell me whether you see this same figure, that it's costing the state an extra $1.6 million that we don't have. Yeah, it, it, um, uh, the, the cost for those 400, I think 450 people, uh, and these are temporary workers, uh, seasonal workers like uh, clerical for uh, taxes, in some cases maintenance workers, um, we, we think is about $1.5, $1.6 million. Um, the uh, assumption is that that we can come up with that uh, as we as we have uh, in the past. Again, if we can't come up with that, then we're we're also going to be in violation of the the uh, court ruling, federal court ruling on the the Fair Labor Standards Act. But uh, Governor, you just said we're running out of money. We are, uh, and so with one point six million dollars in a thirty billion, thirty one billion dollar budget, we might run out of half day earlier. Uh, but it's the right thing to do. Uh, and it's the right thing for Pennsylvania to do. And what I was calling on the, the, the state legislature to do is is make that something that, that we do for all Pennsylvanians. That would affect over 1.2 million Pennsylvanians. Uh, it would actually raise revenue at the current taxes uh, by over $60 million. 
so uh, it would be a good thing for Pennsylvania's economy, for Pennsylvania's government, and we actually would have the money to to carry that $1.6 million extra cost. So many issues and uh, so little time. Governor Wolf, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Scott. It's been good to be with you. Do you have a message for Senator Corman uh, before you leave? You're going to be talking to him later today, right? I hope so. You're going to wait for that, huh? All right, Governor, thank you very much for being with us. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Well, now on to the Republican side. Senate Majority Leader Jake Corman uh, joins us. Senator Corman, welcome to the program. Good morning, Scott. Good to be with you. So I don't know how much you heard of uh, my conversation with uh, Governor Wolf. Uh, he didn't say he would veto the budget that uh, you're looking to uh, approve today or tomorrow. By the way, when when will you take a look at that? Uh, we'll approve it today. So it'll, it'll pass the Senate uh, sometime this morning, early afternoon. And then uh, the House will concur later today. So he didn't say he would veto it, didn't say he would sign it. But so w- what do you think? Well, look, I mean, it's it's March, and we are now almost nine months past the, the, the deadline. Uh, it's time to finish this off, 15-16 fiscal budget. Uh, this will, If we pass this and the governor signs it, we will, no school will run out of money. Um, hospitals uh, that uh, have emergency care will not run out of money. Um, agricultural, uh, ag extension will not have to lay off 1,100 people through Penn State. Our higher education institutions will get funded, so we don't have to worry about tuition increases. So is this budget everything everybody wanted? No. There's no pension reform in it, which is what we wanted. Uh, but it's March. We need to finish it off so we can get into the discussion of 1617 and tackle some of the problems we still have. But we can't get to that until we finish 1516. This budget will balance. It will not raise taxes. We'll, it'll invest more money into education. Uh, so I, I cannot imagine a reason why people would either vote no or veto it seeing as we are in March, uh, nine months after the budget was due. Well, the governor, during our conversation, uh, his emphasis was on two things. And I know that uh, it, it has been during his conversations with you and the other caucuses. And that is, uh, it doesn't deal with a structural deficit that he estimated over $2 billion uh, come June 30th, July 1st. And that the, the credit rating systems, uh, that they will downgrade Pennsylvania's uh, credit rating. Let's start with a structural deficit. Uh, well, look, Scott, let me just say this. And I don't disagree that we have a structural deficit. And we are trying to work with the governor to solve that. I mean, what he proposed in his budget address in February was to add you know, billions of dollars of new spending on top of the structural deficit and then raise taxes to cover it all. We obviously would like to reduce spending. So, But that's just a, that's an argument we're going to continue to have. But that argument doesn't really mean much if a kid's school is closed. I mean, that, I mean that's, the, that's what's facing us. I mean, I, I think there's a couple here this month that are going to run out of money. Now, whether they decide to close, whether they could, the, the teachers and the administrators decide to work uh, without pay, all this structural deficit discussion, and, and it's a fair debate to have, and, and the governor's not all wrong on what he's trying to accomplish, uh, and neither are we, but you know, we have to finish that off. But in the meantime, I mean, if a school decides to close its doors, I mean, the disruption that will be for families uh, is, is, you know, as a father of three young kids who go to school, that's hard to calculate. So it's time to you know continue these discussions, continue this debate, and to continue trying to figure out a way to find middle ground whether we should raise revenue or, or cut spending and or somewhere in between. But in the meantime, let's get our schools funded so they don't have to close. Think of the the, the bond rating issues they are going to have 
if they had to close their doors, if they had to default on loans, if they can't pay their construction costs that, that were promised them by the state because we can't pass a budget to get the money to them. So, you know, we're out of an emergency situation. And so it's sort of, in my opinion, it's time to, you know, stop looking at what this budget isn't and start looking at what it is. And what it is is emergency funding to keep our schools open. Let's take a phone call from Mary Lou. Mary Lou, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, I understand that there was a, a negotiated budget last December that both sides agreed on that give, was a give-and-take kind of negotiation. And I also understand that that fell apart totally. Um, and it, um, can you explain to me what, it is, what happened there? Because it's been said that you literally walked out of the, the negotiation. You just got up and left, and that was the end of it, and it, and it stopped. So um, can you tell me, is that indeed true? And if so, why did you walk out? All right, Barry, well, thank you for your call. Um, it, it's not true. Uh, the Senate did pass uh, the budget and, um, and moved it over to the House. Uh, part of that agreement was public pension reform. Uh, that failed to pass the House. Uh, not one House Democrat voted for it in its failure. Uh, so the governor, even though he agreed to sign it, was not able to deliver his party for that vote. And so that was the beginning of the falling apart of the agreement. I mean, the agreement is not a buffet. It's not just, well, we'll do parts of it. It's everything. And, and that was part of the agreement, and it fell apart. So, and that's okay. Like, things fall apart. Uh, I would like to have seen us sort of try to grasp it back together um, and, and see what we could do to get the, part, the parties, particularly in the House, who were not supportive of it, to get it back into place. Unfortunately, what the governor decided to do was go give a budget speech in February, uh, which was highly critical of the House, and the legislature in general, but the House specific, uh, which just drove us further apart instead of bringing us together. So, you know, that was disappointing that that agreement fell apart in December, but uh, we're just now March, and, you know, schools are running out of money now. Uh, and that's why we were going to pass this budget. It's not going to need a tax increase. It's going to invest more money in education, uh, $200 million new dollars for our public schools, 5% increase for our higher education institutions. So this is a significant investment still without raising taxes. Do we have challenges, structural deficits, as the governor mentioned? Absolutely. And we need to start immediately on the 16-17 to figure out a way to resolve that. But in the meantime, I don't think we should have our schools closed just for the purpose of leverage to get the legislature to pass a tax increase that the people of Pennsylvania don't want. Senator, I really even hate talking about this because I mean, one of the things that we try to do on this program is, you know, have these discussions in a civil way. Not that you wouldn't, sure. but I asked the governor about tone and you just brought up uh, the, the budget address and members of your caucus and, and the House Republicans were very upset with how the governor uh, did uh, did make that speech and they felt that uh, you were being lectured and you said it drove us further apart. In what way? Well, look, I think the governor's a, a gentleman. Uh, we've had a lot of good conversations between the two of us and you know, we, we try to work together to resolve issues moving forward. Um, so it's not a personal thing. Um, it's a it's just a disagreement in policy and how we should move forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I said it, I, I was disappointed with the budget address. Uh, you know, we, we, we were close we, instead of trying to pick up those pieces and, and figure out a way to bring it back together uh, by bringing a you know a speech of that kind with that sort of tone. Um, you know, I think drove us apart. And you know, you got to get you know, people to come together. And, and governor has the job; he's got the bully pulpit to show the leadership to bring people together. And 
and you know between you know the, the public guys that have been running in members' districts, uh, criticizing members of the legislature, uh, between that sort of speech, that, that is not helpful. Actually, I think it was my colleague, Senator Brown, the appropriation chairman, when uh, the speech was over, stood up and looked at me and says, well, that didn't help. Um, you know, you have to bring people together, and unfortunately, you know, that's February, and that's past now. It's now March, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's in the history books. We're looking forward, not backwards. Uh, and that's why, looking forward, what's in front of us is schools are running out of money. We need to pass this budget today. Hopefully the governor will sign it so the schools can be um, aid, not only not to worry about not losing, not shutting their doors, but getting significant new investments in our schools. Uh, Senator, I asked this question of Governor Wolf as well. Uh, worst case scenario, say we don't have a 2015-16 budget passed by July 1st. What happens? Well, I mean, look, um, we have a, the 87% of the budget is passed. Okay, so a good bit of it is, is already in place, and all state agencies are operating. Uh, the governor uses blue line abilities, the line on veto to veto the education budget, to veto the corrections budget. They're funding corrections, I think, maybe illegally out of the treasurer's office through voucher system, which I don't believe they had the power to do. Um, so there, there's some problems going on. But, you know, the, the most immediate thing that you're talking about is our schools and what they, how long they can remain open. Uh, now, maybe most of them, a lot of them can get through the school year, uh, but um, some of them can't. Uh, I know Philadelphia in particular has, has a, uh, a loan issue come, doing in, come due in June. Uh, that they may have to default on. Uh, so look, these are big issues that we're still discussing, whether it be um, pension reform, whether it be property tax reform that we're trying to get done, whether it be liquor modernization or liquor privatization, uh, whether it be you know raising new revenues, whatever it might be. These are big issues that we need to continue to discuss. But we don't need to hold kids hostage at the same time. And I mean, that's, that was the governor's exact words in December. You know, when he signed part of the education budget, he says, we don't want to have kids being held hostage anymore. Well, now they're back in the same situation they were in December that he didn't want them in. So it's time to relieve that pressure, finish 15-16, and then immediately get into the 16-17 discussion so hopefully we can get property tax reform, we can get pension reform done, big issues that will help Pennsylvania move forward. And uh, we're going to take a more, some more phone calls in just a moment, but from what you're saying to me, Senator Corbin, it sounds as if uh, one of the most significant parts of, one of the most significant reasons that this budget's passing today is time, that we only have three months left in this in this. Uh, well, I mean, we year. only have three months. Um, We've we got a couple of days. I mean, we have a school district, I believe, here in Dauphin County, that may not be able to make payroll this month, from what I'm being told. Um, now, what, how the reaction to that is, I'm not sure. I don't know if they close their doors. I, I don't know if the, if the administrators and, and teachers decide to go without pay, as what happened in the Chester School District for a while, uh, which has a family impact. And those those poor employees, you know, that you know they got mortgages to meet, they got car payments to make, you know, they got you know expenses they have to make, and going without a paycheck while the state's still trying to figure this out is not a good position to be putting those people in. So we have schools that are looking at right now, this month, not being able to make payroll. And that is what is in front of us, the most important thing. And that's why we're passing this budget today so they can get their money and they can go about their business of educating our children. Let's take a phone call from Bill in Lancaster. Bill, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott Good morning. and Senator. Good morning. When, when a person runs a business and they get into financial trouble, they cannot unilaterally and wildly raise their prices because it'll sink them. 
Uh, our governor was a successful businessman, and I think he's forgotten that message because raising taxes is tantamount to raising your prices. And the answer to a lot of these things is to cut spending. And one of the big things that has to be done is the resolution of the pension problem, regardless of the special interests of the labor unions. And he wants to get special interests out of the government. Perhaps he should start with that in the liquor board. Well, to be fair, uh, to let our listeners know, uh, Bill did call in when the governor was here, and we just didn't get to the phone call. So, Bill, thank you very much for your call. So he's not just calling in uh, with support for uh, your point of view, Senator, but this was uh, something he wanted to raise with the governor. Well, uh, look, um, I, I would concur with a lot that he said. Um, you know, I look at taxes as a last resort, not a first resort. Uh, you know, this is something we should always try to avoid. We, you know, why do we want to go back to the people of Pennsylvania and say you need to pay us more money to operate state government if we don't have to? And to the governor's defense, a little bit, I mean, there are significant problems in facing us. Public pension reform is number one amongst those. Um, you know, if you know between mismanagement of the past and poor returns of the past, you know, we've gotten ourselves in a situation that you know we've had two to three billion dollar increase in what our contribution is as state taxpayers to the pension systems. And that's money that's not going into education. That's, not, that's money that's not investing into economic development or tourism. That's money that's not going into environmental protection. You know, it's going to essentially operate the status quo. And that's a real problem. And, you know, we were close in December to getting a pension reform bill done. I can't tell the people of Pennsylvania that I'm going to raise your taxes if I haven't figured out what's causing the, the revenue problem, because here's what's got the biggest issue. Let's say we hypothetically agreed to the governor's tax increases, didn't do anything about pensions, didn't do anything about health care, didn't do anything about you know, corrections, things of that nature that are driving up our costs. In two or three years, we're going to be right back in the same problem because our expenditures are going to outgrow our revenues again. And, and that is something we just cannot have. So if and when there, there is a last resort of, of, a, of a, a revenue package that has to happen, which we're trying to avoid at all costs, we at least have to tell the people of Pennsylvania we've solved these problems so this won't happen again. And we haven't done that yet. But, Senator, and, and you, you've touched on this. I mean, you were very... Uh, you know, forward about it. I mean, uh, you know, coming forward with uh, your information or agreeing with what the governor was saying, giving him credit. Um, but as the governor says, he uses that example of two plus two equals four, that the numbers don't add up. And the only way to do this is to increase taxes. Well, again, I, I'm not there yet to say that we have to do that. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to do that if we don't, you know, if we don't reform our problems so that we can you know, put a tourniquet on this expenditure. As the gentleman said, you don't just look just to raise your taxes. You have to look to figure out how to to mitigate your costs. And you know, it, when 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 public pensions are going up five, six hundred million dollars, new dollars every year. You know, how how high are we going to raise our taxes to pay for that? Um, you know, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania are going to be happy that a they have to pay for this and it's continue to go higher if we don't fix the problem. At least if we tell people of Pennsylvania, okay, you're going to pay a little more, but we fixed the problem so that we won't have this problem again, then, then you know, that's sort of like taking medicine that we don't necessarily like to taste the medicine, but it's going to make us feel better at the end. Now we're asking them to taste the medicine and not get better at the end. That's, that's not acceptable. Uh, and that's why you know, we're going to continue to push to resolve these issues, resolve our, our growth in our expenditures in state government, um, and see if we can resolve the math that way. 
and then if ultimately we have to agree to where the governor is suggesting, which I'm hoping we don't, um, at least we can tell the people of Pennsylvania we solved these problems, that this will be the only medicine you have to swallow. Uh, Senator, I want to get on to a couple uh, other issues. Uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court Justice Michael Aiken resigned yesterday. Uh, Governor Wolf will name a replacement. We all see what's going on in Washington. Uh, and, you know, we know that the, the Pennsylvania Senate will have to approve any nominee to uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Do you anticipate any issues there? Uh, it's hard to tell uh, at this point in time. Look, it just happened yesterday, a uh, sad day for, for Pennsylvania, uh, that Justice Aiken had decided to resign. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll go through a process with the governor. Uh, we'll work with the governor uh, to see, you know, the, that's not the only appellate court that has a vacancy. The uh, Commonwealth Court and Superior Court have some vacancies. So we'll work with the governor and uh, hopefully come to an agreement. Uh, obviously, we can't nominate without him, and he can't he can't confirm without us. And so it's important that we work together to make this happen. What kind of judge would you like to see nominated to that court? Well, you know, obviously I'd like to see a judge that interprets a law and doesn't legislate from the bench. Uh, that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, when when things become before them, they're not looking to, to create new law. They're looking to apply the current law. And uh, that'll be the type of judge uh, that we'll be looking for. How do you define that, though? I mean, we often hear that description of someone who doesn't legislate, someone who interprets a law. How do you define that? Well, it's simple, really. Look, you know, judges have a way of, at sometimes, activist judges, of interpreting things that aren't there. You know, they, 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 they apply their own sense of fairness to uh, to law that uh, that may not exist, but they think is fair, and so they interpret it in a broader fashion than what's written. Now, maybe it deserves to be written in a broader fashion, but if it's not, you know, that's the legislature's job. Okay, that's not the court's job. The court needs to take a look at exactly what is written, uh, interpret it exactly that way as it was written. They can look into legislative intent. They can look into debate um, of the legislature. But to apply their own sense of what they believe is fair, past beyond what is written in the law, is, is what I would refer to as an activist judge and something uh, that is not good for Pennsylvania. It's not good for our country. So... Um, I would be looking for someone who just looks at the law and, um, and interpret it from that direction. Senator, we only have about a minute left. I want to thank you very much for joining sure. us today. How do we keep Harrisburg, Harrisburg from becoming Washington, D.C.? I mean, there was that controversy, polarization over the Supreme Court justice being nominated there. Uh, the governor used executive order to raise minimum wage for 450 state workers. In 30 seconds or less, how do we keep uh, Harrisburg from becoming Washington? I know. Uh, Look, uh, that's a bigger discussion. I, I've certainly that is certainly my goal. I have no interest in being like Washington D.C. Uh, you know, we're close. We're, we're we're talking big issues right now, and, and we're close on a lot of these big issues. And so, um, you know, we don't want to operate through continuing resolution. We don't want to operate through uh, executive orders. We want to legislate and have the governor sign bills. And so, we're going to continue to do that. Continue to work with the governor and work with our colleagues in the, in the Democrat caucuses and, and hopefully move Pennsylvania forward. Governor Wolf said he'll be talking to you later today. Uh, what do you plan to tell him in about 15 seconds? Well, I talked to him yesterday, told him our plan. We need to keep the schools open. We need to take the pressure off our schools. This budget that we're going to pass today will do that. We will continue to discuss the structural deficit. We will continue to discuss 1617 and these big challenges like pension reform. But right now, the most emergency thing facing us is getting our schools funded. Senator Jay Corman is the Senate Majority Leader. Thank you very much for being with us today. All right, Scott. Take care.